Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Your giving just doesn't stay here. This is a debt-free ministry. The big reason for you giving is, we're going to get into that this morning, is so God can take care of you and others. Okay? So, man, last year we went all over the world. Pastor Jen was in Cairo, Egypt. There's a women's conference over there, one of the first of its kind, if not the first. And then we went to Pimentel and Dominican Republic. And you know what? I'm going to just throw this in there. I just, I, just feel the, I just feel it deep right now. And Pastor Jen... This is separate. We believe is completely whole and healed now. She had surgery last year as well. I don't know how she fit all that in there. Oh, I'm so excited for that. We're so glad that you're doing so well, baby. We're so proud of you. She's got a lot ahead of her with the Women's uh, Flourish Night. This next weekend, remember, we begin Friday night. Someone say Friday night. English service is at what time? 6 p.m. Friday night, 6 p.m. Saturday night, and regular time. Sunday morning, 10 a.m. It's going to be amazing. We're going to give you an opportunity to give tithe and offering and your first fruits offering. First fruits is a big offering that sets apart the year as a special year between you and God. It's that simple. That's the way I see it. First fruits is you setting apart the year, saying, Lord, I'm giving in faith that you're going to bless me back and so I can bless others. And man, Lord, you're going to take care of everything. And you give to God because you love him. And we're going we're gonna to be able to give as a ministry to the folks on the streets missions, and we will get to be a blessing, all right? So seeds and harvest. Someone say seeds and harvest. Today I want to focus in on how your obedience in giving, and just obeying the word in general, but especially in your giving, what it does for your life, what it does for folks when they obey in giving. So let's start with, right away, let's start with point one. It's so basic, so simple, and that is the blessing. Someone say blessing. You know, folks use this word a lot now, and it always touches my heart. I mean, you could, you could go to the store now, and you don't know if someone's saved or Christian, or they're serving God or not. They'll say, have a blessed day, right? Great habit. That's great. I don't know if that's code for they're a believer. They believe like we do. They believe the word. I don't know, but people catch you off guard and say, have a blessed day. The blessing is a powerful thing, and when you are, are obedient to God, it brings a blessing on your life so that you can be a blessing. If you are struggling to pay your gas bill, how can you help someone pay their gas bill, right? If you're struggling in these areas, and I'm going to tell you right now, the enemy loves to attack finances and distract us, and this is one of the things we need to check off, not out of duty or obligation, but if you're struggling in life, you've been serving God, you say, man, where is my giving? How is my giving? Tithe, offering, first fruit, am I giving to God? Let's go to Psalm 128.1. I love this. Psalm 128.1, and if we stay on one point today, so be it. There's a lot here. Let's see what God does. It says, how joyful are those who fear the Lord. Now, in this context, and the way Scripture describes it, when you fear God, it means you care what He thinks. You reverence, respect Him, and you obey Him. All right? How joyful are those who fear or obey the Lord. All who follow His ways. More obedience there. You will enjoy the fruit of your labor. How many of you want to enjoy the fruit of your labor? It's terrible. You work for something and you save and you do all this and then you don't get to enjoy it. That's terrible. Solomon talks about that in, a, in Ecclesiastes. Folks that just, they're saving all this stuff and then they don't get to 
reap the blessing. Of course, you want it for your kids, but man, and your grandkids, but what about you? You want to be blessed. You will enjoy the fruit of your labor, how joyful and prosperous you will be. I believe joy is a choice, and we, many times we don't feel it. Scripture says, you know, that the Lord loves a cheerful giver. But it never said he hates or dislikes a giver that's struggling, does he? No. Like the man said to Jesus, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Sometimes you got to drag yourself to give. Made jokes about it. I've heard of men of God and women of God over the years, man. They made a promise to pay God and give him a tithe, not or beyond tithe, offering or first fruits or whatever. And then they plummeted into depression because they didn't know. They're like, what did I do? How am I going to do this? But scripture says that God gives seed to the sower. Are you still with me? Those that are going to give, God will give you something to give. You always have something to give. You always do. You say, man, I don't have any money. You're blessed in the United States of America. Even folks in here who have struggled, you have pocket change, you got money in a jar, you're richer than a large percentage of the entire world. They've estimated that 2 billion people on the planet are in abject poverty. Many live on a dollar a day or less. See, man, we're struggling. You'd be surprised. You're not, you are very wealthy compared to the rest of the world. Say, yeah, but what about the upper 1% and all these guys that got billions? Hey, man, you, you don't have to have billions and millions to be blessed and enriched. All right? You will enjoy the fruit of your labor, how joyful and prosperous you will be. Now let's go to Deuteronomy 28.1. I want to read you a text and go through it here. It talks about different types of blessing. Now the blessing is God's hand on your life for wholeness, for completion, for satisfaction. Everything you need is there. His hand is on your life for health. His hand is on your life for financial prosperity. His hand is on your life for decisions. His hand is on your life to take care of you in every single area. Someone say every area. Let's go to Deuteronomy 28.1. Let's read through this. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all His commands, one of His commands is to give, that I'm giving you today, the Lord your God will set you high. Someone say high. High above all the nations of the world. You will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. What blessings? Well, here we go. Your towns and your fields will be blessed. We don't think about fields all the time, but I do when we drive into Texas and we see the fields doing well and there's cotton and alfalfa and whatever else they're growing, peanuts and watermelons. Your children and your crops will be blessed. Some of you say, I don't have crops. Yeah, but you have a bank account. You have gardens. You have households and property. The offspring of your herds and flocks will be blessed. Some of you are like, all I got is dogs. Well, we don't want them to multiply necessarily. This is talking about every area. Okay, let's keep going. Your fruit baskets and breadboards will be blessed. That means you got plenty of groceries in the house. Y'all got plenty of groceries in the house? Did anyone starve yesterday? Some of us could fast, right? You say, oh, man, you're talking about my weight. No, I'm just saying we need to fast. We've got plenty of food. We're okay. God will speak to us through a fast. Your fruit baskets and your bread baskets will be full. Wherever you go, oh, this is good. And whatever you do, whatever you set your hand to do, you will be blessed. There will be completion, satisfaction. God's hand will be on it. Did you know when God's hand is on you, man, the sky is the limit. There is no limit. 
Let's keep going. The Lord will conquer your enemies when they attack you. They will attack you from one direction, but they will scatter from you in seven. Some of you going through problems at work, you say, man, they didn't come after me with a sword or a shield, but they're talking bad about me. You let God take care of them because you are blessed. That means every area is taken care of. doesn't mean your life is perfect, but it means God's hand is on you. Man, you know what? This is not in the lineup. But when we finish this, I want to go to Psalm 6511 in the New Living Translation after this. The Lord will guarantee a blessing on everything you do and will fill your storehouses with grain. Some of y'all need to sell some stuff in your garage, right? Your storehouses are so full. It's fallen out of the, the garage there. You need to sell something, give something away. The Lord your God will bless you in the land what? He is giving you. Wow. If you obey the commands of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, the Lord will establish you. He'll plant you so you can flourish. He will establish you as his holy people set apart as he swore that he would do. Wow. Then all the nations of the world will see that you are a people claimed by the Lord and they will stand in awe of you. Hmm. People will say there's something different about you. You're blessed. You're different. God's hand is on you. It's coming this year. You're going to see it as you give, as you obey God in your tithe and offering and first fruits and, and your giving. Let's go to Psalm 6511. What does that say? Look at, look at this. I just feel, felt led to remind you of this. Lord, you crown the year with a bountiful harvest. Even the hard pathways overflow with abundance. That was the verse that God gave me for 2020 of all years. Some of you say, man, that was one of the toughest years of my life. Some of you say it was the toughest year of my life for different reasons. But this is God's word. This is what he said. You crown the year with a bountiful harvest. Even the hard pathways overflow with abundance. Man, you say, man, some of the toughest times you can look back and say God was there. Can't you? Some of the toughest times you can say, man, God carried me through that. You can look back and say, man, you know what? He protected me. He was with me. You crown the year with a bountiful harvest. Even the hard pathways overflow with abundance. Now let's go to Proverbs 10.22. Look at this. The blessing of the Lord makes a person rich. Doesn't necessarily mean you're a billionaire or a millionaire. You are enriched. You have more than enough. You can give to people. You have things to give away. I guarantee you most folks in here have stuff in their closets they could give away today. Really. You do. Say, man, why are you messing with me? I'm just saying, I know that we're blessed. God's hand is on us. You've got more than enough. You've got more than enough. You, don't, you know, back in the day, before the Industrial Revolution, people had one shirt, one coat, which sounds pretty normal, right? Some of you got so many coats. You open the closet, and they're coming out. They're popping out of there like a jack-in-the-box, right? The blessing of the Lord makes a person rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. Did you know the world's wealth adds sorrow with it? Look into lives of celebrities. Look into, what's the ESPN thing, 30 for 30? Most of those are tragic tales of failure in some way. You say, man, they had all the money in the world, but then they tried drugs and then they overdosed. They had a contract pending. I'm reminded of Lenny Bias. Does anybody remember the story about him? I especially remember because I was just becoming a Boston Celtics fan at the time. He was supposed to be the next Bird or Jordan or Magic or whoever. Supposedly, he had never tried drugs. He'd been selected in the draft to go to the Boston Celtics to go hang out with them. They were champions, and they were contenders for the championship just about every year at that time. He tried cocaine, and his heart burst. 
They claim he'd never done drugs before. I don't know the truth of the matter. I really don't. Maybe that was the truth. But that was not from God, was it? The blessing of the Lord makes a person rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. He takes care of everything. You've heard this saying before, shalom is peace and blessing, and it means nothing is missing and nothing's falling apart or broken. I love Hebrew that way. In Greek, God chose to have the scriptures written in those original ancient languages because they're so colorful and they're so rich and deep, and they cover so many shades of meaning. But God's hand of blessing on you means so much. It means that he's got everything covered for you so that you can be a blessing, so that you can testify, so that you can be an example to someone, so that you can be given and you can give. Remember, freely you have received, now freely give. Scripture says it's more blessed to receive than to give. So don't forget that. Let's read this verse again. The blessing of the Lord makes a person rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. We've seen all these stories of people dying young and not, not seeking God with their money and all this stuff. It looks like they had everything, but then they were strung out on drugs. You know how many celebrities should be satisfied, really, with everything they have, but they're in and out of rehab? Nothing is enough ever. Scripture says the Lord opens his hand and he satisfies the desire of every living thing. You just got to receive it. You've just got to walk in obedience to his word. His, obe his obedience, obedience to him in giving and in, to his word will bring a blessing, I promise, according to his word. If you don't believe it, like dad's always said, toss your Bible in the trash. But we do believe it in here because God has always come through. He's always, always, always been faithful. Someone say always. Always. Another thing God does for you when you are obedient to him, not only in giving, but in different areas, but in giving as well, he brings protection. Someone say protection. Look at Malachi 3.10. Malachi 3.10. And I've heard over the years, you say, man, I don't know if I agree with that, but I think you can back it up with scripture. Had guys, men and women of God used to say, man, I'm not getting on an airplane unless I've paid my tithes. Isn't that crazy? That's old school. You say, man, I don't completely agree with that. You don't have to, honey child. I'm just saying I pay our tithes constantly. I don't leave town. I don't do anything owing tithe. I just don't. Now, I'm not frightened like, oh, something bad's going to happen. We forgot. Oh, baby, we forgot to text to give, and I usually don't. We forgot to text to give, man. We can't leave the house. No, it's not like that. But I'm going to always do my best to remember to put God first. That's really what it's about. That's really what it's about. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Do you come here and you're fed the word? This is a storehouse for you. You're planted here. You come here to Kingsgate Church. And it says that there may be food in my house. Plenty, right? To give to others. We say food, money, whatever. So we can give to missions. Send people around the world. And try me now in this is what the Lord says. Only place in scripture he says that. He says try me or prove me in some translations. Prove me. Prove that what I'm saying is true says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing, such wholeness and completion and satisfaction and money and whatever you need and groceries and homes and, and vehicles, what you need for life to be a blessing, that there will not be room enough to receive it. Some of you are thinking, man, I need another closet at my house. God has already proven himself to be true. Really? Really? Some of you right now, it doesn't have to be prophetic. I don't have to be a prophet to tell you. Some of you, you, you need more. You know, there's a lady here in town. I, 
I don't even remember her face. But I, would, I remember when I was youth pastor, we'd, we'd go to some garage sales, and we did a couple garage sales to raise money for, for, I don't know, camp or something. And I remember there was a lady I used to see at every garage sale, every garage sale for years. I'd drive by garage sales, and she'd be there. I thought, that seems excessive. Finally, someone told me, hey, Matt, you know what? That lady bought the house next to her, and she fills that house up with all the stuff she buys at garage sales. Do what you want with that information. That freaked me out. Some of you are getting stressed out. I see beads of sweat forming on your foreheads. Some of you are like, oh, gosh, I, I don't know. Talk about hoarding. We're in a place, God has put us where you have more than enough in most areas right now. You say, yeah, but I'm lacking in this area. God's going to help you pay off those debts this year. I believe it. You may have to get a little part-time job. You may have to step out in faith. But as you give, I'm, tell, I'm telling you right now, some of you say, man, I have the faith. I'm not going to get a part-time job. God's going to provide. I'm going to just give, 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 and God is going to provide. Those of you who have given over the years, does God always take care of business? He always does. I know we got a lot of givers in this house. God always takes care of business, and he protects you as well. Let's keep going. I got off a little bit there because I got excited. And he says, this is the protection part. And I'll rebuke the devourer for your sakes. Some say the devourer is the devil. Some have said, well, no, it's just bugs from eating crops because that's how some translations are. I believe it's the enemy. He says, I will take care of the enemy for your sake so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. He's not going to get into your business, mess up your bank account, mess up your finances, nor shall the vine fail to bear what? Fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations, here we go again, will call you blessed. People will look at you and go, wow, you're set apart. You're different. You're a little strange because of the way you believe, but you're blessed. For you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts, a delightful land. Let's go to Isaiah 54, 17. Fascinating that that was, that was in one of the songs this morning. But in that coming day, the Lord says, no weapon turned against you will succeed. The enemy's always form, formulating weapons against us. And you say, man, I've had enemies in the past. We're trying to come against me with different things. You will silence every voice raised up to accuse you. You'll go like this. Hush, hush. Shh. God's got my back. He's taking care of me. I'm not going to argue with you. God's taking care of me. These benefits are enjoyed by the servants of the Lord. A servant is someone who obeys you are a ser- you're a child of God, but we serve him. These benefits are enjoyed by the servants of the Lord. Their vindication, their justification will come from me. I, the Lord, have spoken. You don't have to justify yourself. You don't have to defend yourself. He will defend you. He will vindicate you. He will protect you. You say, I'm worried about what people think. Don't. God will take care of you. If you're living right, you're, you're doing your best to obey God and his word. You're walking in obedience and giving. God's going to take care of you. He's going to protect you. Let's go to Psalm 34, 7. Look at this. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. If you fear God and you're obeying him, the angel and the angels of the Lord, they're always around you protecting you. We were coming back from Santa Fe on Wednesday, my brother and I. And somebody, I, I told this story Wednesday night. A truck passed us. There was a guy with a dog in his truck. I just kind of noticed it out of the corner of my eye. They got in front of us. And then another little black car, I don't know if it was a Corolla or a Camry, whipped around to the left of us. And we saw it veer like it was going toward the median. And then it swerved. And it's amazing how your mind starts slowing down, slowing down things. It, it, it's like it happened in slow motion. We're watching it. 
And this guy swerves between us and the truck in front of us. It was out of distance. Uh, it wasn't a block away, maybe half a block away. I'm not sure. Could have been a block away. But it seemed like it was right there. And the guy swerves in front of us and goes out into the yellow grass, you know, between Vaughn and Roswell. I tell the story because Vaughn and Roswell, it's a very, very thirsty place. Jen says, I don't even want to drive through there. I get thirsty, right? Yellow grass. The guy goes into the yellow grass and does a donut. I couldn't see it. Jonathan could see it from his angle. There's dust everywhere we couldn't see. We're looking behind us, make sure everything's okay. We're slowing down. Guy does a donut, gets back on the road, and leaves. Somehow none of us were touched. He was, you know, he finally pulls off at a rest area. He was missing a tire, looks like. I don't know if that caused it or he caused it. But God's hand was on us. That could have been ugly. You're going 75 on the highway, and something happens, and all of a sudden, my dad taught me this growing up. You're on them in a second. You guys have been there. You've walked away from things. God protected you. You say, man, we're givers. Are we buying protection from God? No, he covers us in every area. He said, I will bless you and protect you. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. No weapon formed against you will prosper ever because you're seeking God. And you know, even the, even the stuff the enemy formulates or that people formulate, God's going to turn it for your benefit. You'll see it. Are you still with me? You'll see it. Third point today. You're going to say, how on earth, Pastor Matt, did you get that one out of this? Third point today is your character. I believe when you obey God and you walk in obedience in your giving that it begins to work on your character. Why? Well, there's less attachment to the world. You know, you giving, it attacks any greed in your life. I'm sure there's everybody in here at some point, at some point has hesitated with some kind of giving and said, is that from God? I'm going to tell you, honey child, the devil's not going to tell you to bless someone. Really. Say, man, I'll bind you, devil. God's speaking to you, really. He's telling you to give. And that's one of the jokes, man. Oh, man, the enemy's out to, man, he's trying to, he's not trying to get you to give so you'll be blessed. Have less attachment to the world. A focus on eternal things when you give. And it works on your character. And you know what else works on your character? I can speak from experience. In a place of humility. There's been times I've given, needing a blessing from God, needing God to open up a door, pay off a, something, take care of something, provide for a trip. It works on your character when you got to wait. You say, man, the seed is in the ground. And he said, now i got to trust it's going to grow into something and bring a harvest. Did you know that's one of the most important times in your giving is after you've given the season of waiting for God to return and bless you? Abraham had sowed, he had obeyed God, he'd listened, he was righteous because he believed. And God came to visit him at his tent, Scripture says in Genesis. And the Lord was speaking to him and said, this time, he said, this time next year, I'm going to come back to you, I'm going to visit you, and Sarah's going to have a baby. Y'all have waited all this time. I don't know who I'm speaking to this morning. You say, man, is that about physical children or whatever? I don't know, but I know that you've waited a long time in certain areas in your life, and God has not forgotten. His records are straight and clear and perfect. He has not forgotten you. He will take care of you. As you obey him, he will take care of everything you need and everything you think you need. Really. God is so over and beyond and giving. You can never, ever, ever. Heard this my whole life. It bears repeating. You can never outgive God. You can't. Scripture even says if you, if you help the poor, you're lending to the Lord. Can you imagine lending to God? What kind of interest does he pay back? 
This works on our character when we give. It, it messes with you sometimes, some more than others. Let's go to Matthew 6, 19. <laughs> I believe giving can even work on your pride. It's very humbling to give and then to know that you've got to depend on God to bless you and take care of you. Because some of you, there's been times you gave and you emptied out your checking account or you gave a vehicle. You say, well, I really needed that vehicle. I got one, but I gave one away. And God says, no, I'm going to work on you now, but I'm going to bless you. Look at this. It says, don't store up treasures. This is where Jesus is speaking. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. So today... In giving and obeying God, your treasure needs to be in heaven and in the things of God. He needs to be your treasure. God needs to be your treasure. And there's stuff we like, but hey, in life, don't get, atta- don't get too attached to anything. Really. You have a great car, take care of it. Be a good manager, be a good steward. Take care of those homes. God gave you those. God blessed you. That's great. And he has blessed you. It'll continue. But don't get too attached to stuff. Let God work on your character as you give. Focus once again, on eternal things. Someone say eternal things. I believe our first fruits is really a stretch for some people. There's those who say, man, I just started giving tithe, and now I'm giving offering. And now you're talking about there's another special offering. It's just offering, and it sets the year apart. That Sunday, the 28th, next Sunday, we'll be, we'll be praying over you here as you give your first fruits offering. Those who want to, there's no pressure ever as God sanctifies and sets apart the rest of the year for you, and you're going to see that God does something amazing in your lives. He did something amazing in our life last year. We gave first fruits, and it felt like all hell broke loose. Jen's laughing. The, the slab underneath the house sprung a leak down there. You know the old copper tubing in this house is built in the 70s? I was built in the 70s. I pray all my copper tubing, you know, stays in place there in Jesus' name till I'm 100. But, you know, it was the hot water pipe, and it's hard water, and it's hot water, and finally, somehow, and, and, you know, houses move a little bit, so that thing sprang a leak. So it was leaking under the slab. Right after I told you, man, God's going to do amazing stuff for y'all this year with the first fruits. I'll never forget, I went, oh, Lord Jesus, but God provided. We were able to give, and someone blessed us as well, and they were matching give well you're not really give we were able to pay and someone matched our payments and we were able to knock that thing out in about six months and that was a big old deal and then we had other stuff happen then pastor jen had a major surgery god provided for that and she's feeling better now praise god praise god let's give the lord a clap offer for everything he's done i believe i truly believe i truly believe even pastor jen finding that the, the right surgeon and the right doctor was a part of the harvest for us giving our first fruits. I do. God took care of everything we needed this past year. And he's going to do it again. I'm a little nervous, though. I trust you, Lord. I know you're going to take care of everything. But, you know, he'll take you on a journey sometimes. I, I'm sure the Lord was whispering in my ear, hey, you said you believe. Let's see what you got. Let's see what you got here. Hang in there. I've got it. I'm going to take care of it. And he did. So continue to give and obey God. And let me, 
I'm telling you right now, it works on your character when you give and you got to wait on the Lord. It works on your character when stuff is happening and you say, man, I got seed in the ground. I've been seeking him and I don't know what's going on. If you're obeying him, you're living right, you're trusting him to take care of you. Make sure that you're giving. You say, man, I've, I've been giving. I give tithe and offering and all this stuff. Trust him. It's coming. Someone say it's on its way. It's on its way. He's going to take care of you. He's going to take care of you. And I need to say this again. I say it all the time. How much you give for tithe or offering this week or for first fruits, I'm not getting a bonus from that. I'm not. You're going to get a bonus. God is setting you up for an amazing blessing. And he's working on your character in the process there. Let's go to Matthew 13, 44. I love this. God will mess with you on your pride, materialism, patience when you give. Really, if you let him, if you're crushing pride in your life and humbling yourself before God and you give, God will work on your character. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. He said, man, I'm going to focus my whole attention on that. And that is what God is calling you to do with his kingdom is don't worry about anything else. You give and give and give and give and you focus on his kingdom and he will take care of you in this life. I promise you just got to focus on him. Focus it all on him. You say, man, I haven't given in a while. Um, I've been tithing and I don't have anything. No, you've got stuff to give at your house. There's always somebody. I mean, there was a guy I ran into yesterday and he was he was such a sweet man, but he was out in the cold in the morning. I was walking our dog and I don't know if he was picking up pecans or whatever. He's not from our neighborhood. And he was talking about something he needed. And, and after I walked away, God began to speak to me. So I pray that God brings that man back into my life so I can give him something. All right? But I'm telling you, God will put people in your path, and you will have the power to bless them because God has blessed you. Let's review these three things that God does when we obey him in giving and obey his word. Number one is it brings blessing. Someone say Blessing. Every area is taken care of. Debts are paid off as you're wise with your money. He's bringing in more money. He's, your, your, your kids are healthy. Your pets are healthy. You're healthy. God's doing all this stuff. You go through trials. That's life. But God's hand of blessing is on you through it all. Number two, he brings protection when you obey him. Scripture says he will surround us with favor as with a shield. And number three, he works, I believe, when we give and we're obedient in our giving, he works on our character. Patience, materialism, finding out what's really, really important. He dealt with me last year through giving. He really did. Patience and just trusting him and waiting for the right time for God to take care of it all. Somebody say amen. If you would, go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes this morning. <clears throat> if there's anyone in this house at the sound of my voice that says, Pastor Matt, on the live stream or in person that says, I've never accepted Jesus. I've never made him the Lord of my life. I've never publicly confessed Jesus as my Savior. If that is you today, please raise your hand. We've got to make sure you're right with God. You say, man, if I died today, I don't know if I'd go to heaven. I don't know where I'd go. I don't know if I'd go to heaven or hell. Jesus mentioned hell a lot, more than most other things, to warn us not to go there because salvation is free. It's free for us, but he paid for it. He paid it all. Is there anyone in this house that needs to raise their hand to accept Jesus and make him the Lord of their life. All right. Pray with me, if you would, anyway, for those tuning in on the live stream. want to make sure they're right with God. As you bow your heads and close your eyes, go ahead and repeat this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I'm so sorry for my sin. 
Cleanse me, Jesus. Forgive me. I can't take away my own sin, but you can. See, I confess that Jesus is my Lord. Not the world, not my own ambitions. Say, Jesus is my Lord. Come into my heart, Lord. Govern my life. I surrender control to you. Save me. Say, I believe. And say, I believe Jesus died and rose again so he could be my Savior and save me from my sin. In Jesus' name.